Hello. We are so excited that you've decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook and YouTube under Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street in Burgall, North Carolina. The zip code is 28425. If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you. God, we're thankful, we're grateful on today to be here in fellowship, God, to stand before you on today. And Father, I thank you that it's no longer I, it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. And the life that we now live in the flesh, we live according to the faith of the Son of God, who loves us and who has died for us. So we're grateful and thankful. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Not about us. If we can always remember that, I believe the manifested presence of God would come forth more. If we deny ourselves. Turn with me to Matthew again. The 28th chapter, and we're going to start again where we were last um, week, Matthew 28, and let's look at verse 18 and go through verse 20 once again, and let's hear what God has to say again. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, and the word of God now reads, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk again on where are my disciples? Where are my disciples? I don't know about you, by teaching this is helping me to understand even the more between a disciple and a convert. We don't want converts. We want disciples. We learned that a disciple is a follower, is a learner of Jesus Christ. Meaning that when you follow him, you're going to learn from him and you're going to do what he does. You're not going to do anything outside of him. Now, when he said, he gave them a commission. He said, go ye therefore and teach all nations. That word teach, this is why you have to look up words in Greek and Hebrew. Because teach means go ye therefore make disciples. He did not say make converts. A convert is someone that's just saved. That's it. Just born again. Saying, I'm missing hell. That's it. But their lifestyle has not changed. When you truly accept Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, and you're humbly committing yourself to him because you recognize what he done for you, you didn't have to do nothing from, for him except, except what he's done. Isn't that awesome? He didn't ask you to do nothing but accept what he has done on your behalf. When you do that, 
you are born again. But it goes further than just being born again. Yes, you're born of the spirit. Because Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, you cannot see, you cannot perceive, you cannot understand, you cannot even enter the kingdom of God without being born again. Nicodemus was in the flesh and he said, how can I go in my mother's womb a second time? Do I go in her womb a second time? Jesus said, that which is born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. See, Nicodemus, he recognized that he had to be from God, which was Jesus, because he said the things that you do, no man could do what you're doing. And I'm paraphrasing it. So you must be a teacher from God. You must have come from God. I want to ask you today, who do people see when they see you? Do they see a convert? Or do they see a disciple, a learner, and follower of Jesus Christ? Because I guarantee you, if they see a disciple, they're going to see what Jesus done when he walked the earth. They're not going to see anything outside of him. And if they do see something outside of him, that's when you repent. That's when you have a change of heart. You have a change of mind and you turn in from what you're doing outside of what you've been taught, outside of who you have followed, and you're just getting it right and you're getting back in place. That's when people know you have the heart of God. Come on. Because all of us in this room, we do something, we say something, we act um, ways we shouldn't act, but that's why we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit reminds us of who we are now that we're in Christ. And that's when we get back into alignment. The thing is, we don't want to hear the Holy Spirit when flesh want to do what flesh want to do. So Jesus let them know that which is flesh is flesh. That which is born of flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So we see that Jesus gave them a commission. He said, I want you to go, go therefore. But before he gave them that commission, he let them know, I have all power. That power means I have all authority. God has given me the keys to hell and death. God has given me the right to rule in heaven. He's given me the right to rule on earth. Now I'm going to give you the same right that God has given. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, y'all. We got too many converts out there. Because the converts are doing nothing that they should be doing. But we as disciples have to do what he done. Jesus said, you shall do greater works. And the reason why you're doing greater works is because you have the power of God on the inside of you. Not only that, Jesus was one man, but he said, we're going to have many followers of me. We're going to have many learners and they're going to see greater works. Oh, God is so good, isn't he? So he had that authority. He had that power. He had that right because Satan took the authority. He took the right to reign and rule over this earth because the Bible says the heavens and the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. That means that God has already come off his throne and he's living on the inside of you. God said, I'm already here. He said, so if you don't speak those things that be as though they were according to my word is not going to get done here on earth because I want to bring heaven to earth, not earth to heaven. Come on, somebody. He said, I want to 
somebody. So God gave us that right to reign. He gave us that right to rule. But we know what happened. Satan came in into paradise. He came in and he used deceit. That's what he used. Deceit. He used lies. He took what God said and he twisted it. Won't he do it? Somebody say, won't he do it? Say, yes, he will. And yes, he can. So he took deceit when God told him not to eat from that tree of knowledge of good and evil. Because if you eat from that tree, he said, you will surely die. That was a promise. Surely dying mean that you're going to die spiritually, not physical. So what did they do? Satan came in. He spoke to Eve. He got her attention off of what God said and said, did God really say? How many of us, God, give us a promise? God may say, by Jesus Christ, you already healed. Then you hear a voice say, how you know you healed? You still in pain. So he wants you to doubt God. He wants you to have disbelief in God. So what Eve did, she took her focus off of what God said. She paid attention to Satan and she began to eat from that tree. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. This is what Satan used. So she ate from the tree. She gave some to her husband. Sin entered the world. So sin had to be dealt with. That means Satan became the God of this world. He became the ruler of this world. How do we know he became the ruler? Because when he was tempting Jesus, he said, all of this, I will give unto you that was given unto me if you fall down and worship me. How many of us have gone after worldly things, the world, which he's the God of the world, and we end up worshiping these things that the the devil has set up, we're making him our God. Because you've given him the right to rule and reign in your life. But thank God that God had a plan of redemption. And through that plan of redemption, he came off his throne. Come on, somebody. He had a virgin, which was Mary. And Mary accepted the word that God had sent unto her about conceiving in her womb a son. And she gave, he gave her the destiny of Jesus. So I'm just wrapping it all up to go a little bit further. So here's Jesus in the womb of Mary. The baby had to be protected. And God is not going to let your house be out of order. Because whatever God gives to one spouse, he's going to make it right with the other spouse because he's not going to have division in no house. So we know that Jesus came forth. She said, according to your word, be it unto me. So we know that Jesus came forth and said the word became flesh and dwelled among us. And we beheld what? His glory. He was full of what? Spirit and truth, was he not? So we see what happened with Jesus. But as we go forward, Jesus had to be taught. Jesus was taught of his father, but he was in the temple. The Bible said Jesus was in the temple. He got lost. They tried to find him. When they found him, he was in the temple. He was listening. He was asking questions. They were astounded at some of the questions that Jesus was answering. When Mary found her son, she said, son, did you not know we were looking for you? Did you not know that I was about my father's business? Meaning that, did you not know that I was in my father's house? Come on. He wanted to be taught. 
He wanted to learn the things of God. That's what he did. But before Jesus could go forward with his ministry, the Bible says that there was John. He was a forerunner of Jesus Christ. Y'all know what happened with John. There go Zacharias. He was a priest. He went into um, that temple to stand before the Lord. The angel Gabriel began to speak to him and say he was going to have a son. And he was doubting it. God shut his mouth um, and opened his mouth when John the Baptist came forward. He was the forerunner of Jesus. He stayed in the wilderness. But let me tell you something with some power in John the Baptist. Because even with being in an inhabited place, preaching the word of God, people was coming from all over to hear John. But Jesus came and Jesus asked um, John to baptize him. He said, no, you should baptize me. Jesus said, no, all righteousness have to be fulfilled. See, Jesus. Jesus knew the word. Jesus was not going to go outside of what God set up. Our problem is we try to do it our way instead of doing it God's way. That's why the churches are messed up. Because the traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. It's either God's way or no way. This is why you got to stay in the word of God and follow what the word says, not adding to it, not taking away from it. Because God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He changes not. So John baptized Jesus. When he baptized Jesus, Jesus went under that water. That is a symbolic baptism that Jesus was having. That's that first baptism, the water baptism. And we have learned That if you don't get baptized and you happen to leave this world early, that don't mean you go into hell. Because it is the spirit that is the baptizer. According to 1 Corinthians 12 chapter, he baptizes you into the body of Christ. So if you don't get dipped and you're taken out of this world, you're not going to hell. I don't know why people put that lie out there because it's not so. But he wants you to be baptized underwater because it's it's symbolic saying that I know that Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again. So when you go up under that water, you're saying, I recognize through the faith that I have in Jesus, when Jesus died, when he was on that cross, I was already in him. So when he died for my sins, I died with him. That old sin nature, it died with him. It was crucified. So when you go under that water, you recognizing that. When you come up out of that water, you recognizing I have a new life now. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new now you are a new creation in christ jesus that's that symbolic jesus did that but the bible says that there was a dove that descended upon him that was the power of god that descended upon jesus for ministry the first baptism is recognizing you are born again you have accepted jesus you have the fruit of the spirit the nine fruit of the spirit but then when the baptism of the holy ghost come upon you and you are filled, that means you have power. You have power to go out and do what God has commissioned you to do. Some people say, I don't need that. I beg you to differ. God is not going to send you out without being equipped. Because God said, I don't want them to see flesh. I want them to see the spirit. I want them to see the real you. I want them to know that I'm God and God all 
myself. So Jesus began his ministry. And when he began his ministry, the first thing that happened was Jesus was getting tempted. He was led in the wilderness, according to Matthew 4, by the Spirit. He was filled with the Spirit of God, laid in the, led in the wilderness. That was an uninhabited place. It was nothing there. Why did the Spirit lead him there? Because that was time he had alone with God to get to know God, to be before the Word of God. And when he was in that wilderness, it says that he was being tested, tried by the enemy. But guess what? He was ready for it because he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. The Bible said when that fast was over, then the tempter came. He was tempting him and saying, if you be the son of God, turn these stones into bread. See, the enemy wants you to prove we got too many church folks trying to use titles, trying to use the gifts of the spirit to prove who you are. You don't have to prove who you are. Just be who you are in him. You don't have to prove who you are. Just be who you are in him. I am a new creation. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. I'm going from above. So Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. See, Jesus was quoting, it is written, every time the tempter came, he was spitting out the word of God. He was so full of the word. He didn't have to say, wait a minute, let me go find my piece of paper, because the word was so deeply rooted on the inside of Jesus, for out of his heart, out of his heart, the, out of his, what is it, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. So Jesus was rooted in life. So he was bringing the life of God out of his mouth. And as he got finished being tempted, the Bible says that the devil left him. The angels ministered unto him. But one Bible say, I believe it's Luke, they left him for an opportune time, for a season. The enemy will leave you for a season. But don't think he ain't watching and setting up another. See, you're getting too comfortable, church. You're getting too comfortable. Your bills are not due. You don't owe nobody nothing. Your body ain't in pain. Your children acting okay. Everything on your job is okay. So I don't need to get in the word of God no more. I don't need to come to church no more. I don't need to do these things no more. Because everything is looking good. My money ain't funny. I am good. That's what the enemy want for you to think. That you good. The only way you good is in Jesus. Not in you. It's in him. In him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. Outside of him we're nothing. He's divine. We're the branch. We get our nourishment from him. You can't pull away from that vine. Because you will die spiritually. Some of us are malnourished. We may not look like it on the outside now. But on the inside, we're dying daily. Because <laughs> we're not in the word the way we need to be. Come on, we may know a few scriptures and we keep quoting them, but you got to live what you quote. 
You can't just quote the quote the quote. Somebody got to see the fruit behind what you're quoting. Hmm. So here is Jesus. Jesus passed that test. After he passed the test, then Jesus began to teach and proclaim. We got too many titles out here that have not been discipled. We got too many people that has been given titles, apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, pastors, given all of these titles, deacons, but you don't know about being a disciple. You just want title. You want to be recognized, but you ain't living according to what you have. When you focus so much on title and what people call you, I am a son of God. I am a daughter of the most high. I am a servant of God. I'm here to do his will and not my will. You can drop the apostle. He put those in the church. We are so stuck on title. We'll go in a church and we'll work. We'll do everything they want us to do because you want to be seen, heard, and attached to. Then when they don't sign off on you, you get mad and you go somewhere else and they give you a title because you can quote the Bible. It's more than just quoting it. We got churches full of people just with title and don't even know how to forgive your neighbor. We got too many churches full of title, holding offense, and don't know how to love. Come on, one another. It's time to drop the titles. We got to go back to the way it need to be. It's too many people dying behind people with titles and don't know how to live according to who they are. That's why I had the song sung before this. Not about us. It's not about money. It's not about fame. It's not about title. You don't even have to know my name. Because when you see me, you see Jesus. We got problems in the church. Churches are out of order. They're not set up the way God intended for them to be set up because man is trying to do it man's way. Like Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. And where is he today? So we look at the way. If you follow Jesus' footsteps and the way that he done things, check yourself. And see if I'm in order. See if the one that you under, the under shepherd, is in order according to Jesus. And if they're doing it according to Jesus, back up off of them. Keep your mouth off of them. Quit lying on them. Quit talking about them. The reason why you don't know what's right, because you ain't in the book. You ain't in what's written. You done wrote your own story. You done wrote the way you think it should be because you've been church hopping from every church going on what this church does, what that church does. If you don't do this, you ain't going to do that. I ain't under law. I'm up under grace. 
supposed to be doing, people. You don't supposed to worry about whether people like you or not. I'm not here for you to like me. Because Jesus taught me if they hated me, they're going to hate you. Get ready to get hated if you're going to follow me. If you don't want to be hated, you don't need to follow me. No one that puts their hand to the plow and look back is fit for the kingdom of God. So if you put your hand to the plow and somebody is talking about you and you drop, come on somebody. Jesus for them, you ain't fit. You got to be taught again. Nobody like me and. Nobody want to hang with me and. There may be something special about you. There may be something that God is doing in your life. That he don't want nobody to be connected with you at this time. Because you ain't strong enough. So we see that Jesus, he began to say, repent, meaning have a change of heart, have a change of mind, turn from sin and turn to God. For the kingdom of God is near you, is at hand. So when he began to preach this when he began to teach this then the bible says here come his followers come on if you teach it right god gonna have some people that's gonna be in your lane everybody ain't gonna be in your lane because everybody can't take converts can't take what disciples can a convert is gonna run from the truth because they ain't through dipping and dabbing y'all they say, but they still want to dip and dab. They still want to have their hands in some filth. But then they want to have their hands over here in the kingdom. Uh-uh. You either be hot or cold. You can't be lukewarm because it upsets my father's stomach. He spools you out. So we see when Jesus... After he had preached, he saw some followers. I believe those followers, if we go to Matthew, the fourth chapter, I'm just going back over what we went over, ain't even got to what we're going over today. That's just how God is. When Jesus got to those followers and he said to those followers, they left what they had to do what? To follow who? Jesus, that means that they left their perfect, what they were doing, their work, to follow who? To follow who? To follow who? To follow who? Who were they following? Who were they following? Who were they following? Remember that. Matthew 4, 18 through 20. This is where it's talking about. Jesus was walking by the lake Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. And y'all know what they were doing. They were fishers of what? Of men. And guess what he told them? Come, follow me. Be my disciples. Come, follow me. Be my disciples. Be my learners. And I will make you, teach you how to fish for people. 
Nobody can teach you how to fish but Jesus. This is what I'm saying. He said, be my disciples. Be my disciples. Be my, who disciples? Not Muhammad. Not Buddha. Jesus said, be my disciples. And I will make you fishers of men. I will show you how to fish for people. So when you are following Jesus and you are a learner of him, he's going to show you how to do it. You don't have to get out here and come up with something to get somebody to be saved. You don't have to go through a drive through to get a biscuit and then holler, you saved. And it'd be funny if they said, do I look safe? Come on, you can't start out, you saved. Are you saved? So Jesus had these followers, but they had to give up themselves. They had to give up what they were doing. When you look in the word of God, we went over this before. Y'all, God is so good because he give us everything we need if we would just get in the word of God and hear what God is saying. Mark 8 Verse 34, it says, then Jesus called the crowd to him along with his followers, disciples. He said, if people, anyone, he said, anyone, he didn't leave nobody out. Anyone wants to follow me, they must give up the things they want. How many of us in this room? See, this is why I said they're converts and they're disciples. Converts ain't giving up themselves. But a true disciple say, it's not about me. God is all about you. So he said, you got to give up yourself, deny themselves, set aside their own interests. Come on, we can stop right there. The majority of us have not set aside our own interests. We have not set aside what we want and what we want to do for him. Then he said, they must be willing even to give up their lives to take up the cross and follow me. That means you got to be in a crucified state. That flesh has to be crucified. Every day you got to kill it for real. When it pop up, didn't I tell you? Shut up. That's not godly. Come on, they probably called the psychiatrist. Because you killing your flesh. See, Jesus killed his for 40 days and 40 nights by fasting. Jesus gave up food and water, but God was the one that was sustaining him. He was dependent upon his father. So even when we fast, we don't depend upon ourselves. We depend on him to hear him. If he called a fast, yes, Lord, because if he called it, he's going to take care of you through the fast. Now, if you called it, it's okay. But no, when you call that fast, it's going to be some ups and downs with you. <laughs> it's going to be some wavering. But when you spend time with God and he called one, you ain't even going to really miss your food. You're going to go on. So we got to kill this flesh daily. Fasting will help you kill your flesh. So Jesus had his followers following him. And the Bible says he taught them the beatitude. Jesus taught all of his followers. It was more than just the 12, y'all. Jesus had many followers. He had many disciples. Everywhere Jesus went, he taught. Why? He was gathering the disciples. He was making followers and learners of him. So he sat down and taught them the Beatitudes. 
He taught them, bless those who curse you, love those who hate you, pray for those who despitefully use you. He taught them about marriage. He taught them about life, y'all. He taught them how to conduct themselves. That was from Matthew, the fifth chapter to the seventh chapter. He taught them the way of life. This is why I say it's too many people with titles and don't know kingdom. They don't know kingdom. They only know tradition. Tradition of men make the word of God of none effect. Jesus walked with those disciples in difficult times. He taught the disciples the right way. When the disciples came to him, Jesus taught them on how it should be. He came up against the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and he taught the disciples how to handle Pharisees and Sadducees. They were learners of Jesus. So, since I caught everybody up, now I'm going somewhere else. Go with me to Mark, the sixth chapter. Remember, they followed Jesus. They saw healings. They saw deliverances. They were taught how to pray. They were taught all of these things. Mark the 6th chapter, verse 7 through verse 9. I want y'all to catch this. I'm reading out the Amplified Classic Edition. And he called to him the 12. Now, I want you to understand that Jesus had many followers. But Jesus chose 12 apostles of the Lamb. Meaning that those 12 apostles of the Lamb, they were done away with. But that does not mean we don't have apostles of today. Understand what I'm saying? He chose 12 apostles out of all those disciples he had. So you have to understand, even when you are a disciple and everybody is learning the same things and we're followers of Jesus Christ, he's going to let you know who to choose out of what you have. Because everybody is no apostle, everybody is no pastor, everybody is no teacher, everybody is no evangelist, because we can all evangelize, but there is an evangelist in the body of Christ. You got to know the difference. So don't think that when somebody come up to you and say, oh, you a prophet, now you're going out prophet line. And you don't even know what a disciple is, but now you're calling yourself, I'm a prophet of the nation. So you got to be taught the right way. So we see what Jesus did. And he called to him the 12 apostles and began to send them out. Stop right there. He called 12. So this is what Jesus done. Now, he don't walk with them. They followed him. They were learner. So Jesus said, I'm going to send you on a trial run. See, he said, I'm going to let you go. I'm not going to go with you, but I'm going to let you go. I'm going to send you out. See, apostle is one that sent. Apostle can go in churches and let those churches know you ain't in alignment. This is not the way God, see, you got to know your call. You got to know what God has called you to do. And if you don't know what God has called you, you need to sit down. So he sent them out. Now listen to this. You got to know, sent them out as his ambassadors. That can be backed up in 2 Corinthians 5.20. An ambassador is a representative, catch it, a representative of Jesus, not you. I'm going to say it again. An ambassador is a representative of Jesus, not you. Some people go out and make it about them. They want to pat on the back. 
They want to say how good they done. Ain't about you. They supposed to see Jesus. Not you. If they see in you, Jesus wasn't in it. It ain't about you. If you're trying to go out and worry about what can I say or how can I say it. He said, when you open your mouth, I'll speak for you. I'll speak through you. If you're sitting at home rehearsing what to say, how to say it, and put some, uh uh-huh, there go my, uh uh-uh, uh-huh, do I, uh uh-uh, uh-uh, do I, uh-huh. Sit down. Because if they're teaching you in school, Sit down, sit down, sit down. Yeah. Right here, right here, right here. See, what they teach in school is to get you to stir up the people. You to stir up the people. It is the Holy Ghost. Not you. So if people trying to stir up people by jumping, by doing a certain thing to get the crowd, you got to bring them back in. Now, if they get too quiet, you got to, uh-huh, uh-huh. did you hear me? Huh? This is what God said. Huh? You know Mary, everybody know Mary. She had a little lamb. Huh? Uh-huh. Yes, she did. His feet, yes, it was, was white as snow. Do you hear me? Do you hear me now? Like they're cutting something. Uh-huh. Did you hear me? Mary, don't you weep. Mary, don't you moan. Oh, Mary. Some of you was ready to get up then. Uh-huh. See, I got your attention, huh? That's what you're used to, huh? But when somebody come in to teach you, you fall asleep, huh? I had to wake you up, huh? I had to bring you back in, huh? And I don't have a script, Because huh? if this fly off the pulpit, it's already in me. So I don't have to keep saying, hold up. Huh? See, what's what to do? Hold up. Huh? Wait a minute. Huh? Let me find my next verse. Huh? Oh, I say, hold on. Jesus is coming. He's coming. Uh, he's coming on a cloud. Uh-huh. Yeah. See, what they're trying to do is wait on something. They're trying to wait on what's next. That's rehearsed. Rehearsed. We ain't got time to be rehearsing. We got to be in the word so no matter where we go, the word is what comes out of us. We got too many people going places trying to do something that God ain't told them to do. And that's why you don't see nothing. But Jesus, he said, I'm sending you out. If he ain't sent you, don't go. You don't go to everything because somebody invites you for you to be saved. You don't just. Some people hang on to people to do stuff to get them out there. You don't have to have nobody to get you nowhere. God will send you wherever he want to send you. You don't have to put a flyer here and a flyer there. He'll fly every flyer. Because somebody's listening. Somebody's watching that you don't even know. 
So we see he sent them out as his ambassadors. Second Corinthians 5.20 says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. We are his representatives. We represent him. I don't want to represent him any kind of way. And this is what Paul said. God making his appeal as it were through us. Paul even recognized that. Everything that I do, I'm a representative of him. So the first thing you got to know is who you represent, who you with. Before you go anywhere, you got to know who you with. Are you going out to represent you? Are you going out to represent him? And if you're going out to represent him, you'll never go wrong. So the first thing is he sent them to represent him. And he sent them two by two. And gave them authority. That word power means authority. He gave them the right to reign and rule on his behalf. So this is what he did. They had to know their authority came from who? Him. They had to know they were representing him and not themselves. So they had to know it's not about us. If I'm representing him according to Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but Christ who live in me. So when you go out, you got to say it's not about me. It's all about him. I remember I went somewhere to preach years ago and me and this lady um, had to preach behind each other. So after I finished, no, she finished first. And if I'm, as I was sitting there, I clear y'all, I thought I was listening to Paula White. All her lines was Paula White ready. So it let me know as I was sitting there, she's a mocker. She's an imitator. So let me tell you how God worked it out. He worked it out through teaching. See, that's what apostles do. Apostles do not let you go away ignorant. Apostle is going to bring you some correction and all of us are supposed to be able to do that. But if you got an apostle in the house, that apostle is going to root up something that ain't right. So I couldn't just get up there and come after her without bringing correction in a loving way. About being who God has created you to be. Anyway, as we, I got finished, the Lord led me. The money that they had given me, he said, give it back. So I gave it back to him. When she turned around, I just handed it back. She was watching. So what she did, she said, here's mine too. See? If you're not doing nothing from the heart, because God looks at the heart. You don't do it because I did it or somebody else did it. See, this is why you got to be taught well. We do things in this church by the heart. Pay your tithes by your heart. Give by your heart. I don't set a certain amount because when you give by your heart, if it's a dollar, you gave from your heart. So we don't look at you got to do this and you got to do that because actually 10% was set to get like Abraham. Abraham gave 10 because that was from his heart. So that 10 from Abraham went on. But when you search your heart and you have it, if God telling you to go above, you go above. But 10% is just like a guideline. 
But that you don't stop at 10% because God, he might tell you, give it all. It's a matter of the heart. When your heart is with God, you don't leave him out of nothing. Your money, your marriage, your children, your dogs, your cats, your house. You don't leave him out of nothing. He's in the forefront because you're acknowledging him. That's a true disciple. So he sent him out. He, he let him know, now I'm sending you out. You're my representative. It's not about you. So to be a disciple, you got to get over you. You got to lose interest in what you want. And how you want to do it. And when you want to do it. God, what would you have me to do this day? Did y'all not know God has already set the day before you? And the Lord's prayer said, give us this day. It didn't say tomorrow. Or, or years to come. Give me this day. My daily bread. My provision. What I need in this day. So we're going to look to him. That's what he was telling them. Now look at this right here. He gave them authority. This is what God was telling them. They were representing him. They were sent out based upon him and not based upon them. The next thing that he said, I just love this, y'all, because when you take these verses and you break them down, this is what he gave them authority over. When you look at Matthew, the 10th chapter, verse 1, it brings it out more. And Mark, it only says authority over unclean spirits. Y'all check this. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power, authority against unclean spirits. To cast them out. Check this. I said God ain't going to send you nowhere without power from on high. He know you're going to run into some unclean things. He know you're going to run into some unclean spirits. He said don't leave them like that. Cast them out. You got my permission. You got my authority. I'm backing you up. Because if they come at you, they coming at me. Tell them to come out in Jesus' name. He said, cast them out and heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. He gave you the power. He gave you the authority. You don't walk past it. You speak to it. Can we stay there? He gave you born again disciples, believers, full of the Holy Spirit, power from on high. He gave you the right to cast out a demon to tell it come out in the name of Jesus. You speaking to me? I'm going to tell you something. There was an evangelist. She had a husband. That husband was just terrible to her she didn't leave the husband but one day she come in the house she went back in the room she was with God and God began to speak to her and and he told her to tell just to say get out in the name of Jesus when she spoke get out in the name of Jesus the husband come in there say you speak you talking to me and she ain't seen him since (laughs) that's casting out a demon See, you're not speaking to the person, you're speaking to the demon that's controlling that person. We fight too much in the church with flesh and blood. 
The Bible tells you, you do not fight against flesh and blood. You're fighting against principalities, powers of darkness, of wickedness in high places. That's what you're fighting against in Ephesians 6. We spend too much time fighting against each other. You said, no, you said, no, you supposed to be saved. No, you supposed to be saved. I don't even like you. Matter of fact, I don't even love you. And you don't even know that's a jealous spirit. And you're going back and forth. A true disciple is going to do what Jesus say do. Tell it to come out. Shut up. Are you talking to me? No, I'm talking to that demon that's using you in this house. And don't come back in here. He give you the right. The authority to do these things. Before God really put me behind the pulpit, things was happening in my home and I was tested and I was tried and I began to speak to those things. Letting them know you don't have no control in this house. You're going to get up and get out of this house because you don't take over this house. So you got to fight the good fight of faith. He said, fight the good fight of faith. Hmm. So that's what he gave them the power. See, he was telling them, listen at this. He was commanding them, this is what I want you to do. You got to listen to his commands and obey them. Once he told them, this is what they had to do. He told them, I'm giving you authority. I'm giving you the right. Casting out demons, healing all manner of sickness and disease. He gave them that right. I'm giving you the right to represent me. So he gave them that. But this is what they had to do. They had to set their minds on things above Colossians 3 2 said think only about set your mind on fix your thoughts on come on y'all Ooh, that's a lot of information especially when you got all kind of crazy thoughts oh they looked at me funny why they looking at me all like that why Sonia looking at me all funny up on this pulpit I know she know better don't quit looking at me then you leave church. The only thing you can see is Sonia looking. I told you she got something. She talking about me. I ain't got my mind fixed on above. He said, think only about. Y'all, I'm going to tell you something. You really got to be in a place with God to think only. <laughs> Come on, because if all your life you've been thinking foolishness. And you ain't renewed your mind. See, this is why he said think only. Check this out. If you know that you have been risen with Christ, if you know that you have been risen with Christ, that's when you're thinking only. Think only about, set your minds on, fix your thoughts on the things in heaven above, not the things on the earth. If your mind has been set so much on earth, that's all you're going to think about is what earth is doing. How am I going to pay my bills? How can I love my wife the way I need? How? She makes it hard. So when you're thinking about things on earth, you're not heavenly minded. You're earthly minded. So they had to keep their thoughts on heaven, on the kingdom. And then in Hebrews eleven fifteen it says, if they had been thinking about the country they had left, they could have gone back, would have had an opportunity to, to return. This was Abraham them. If they thought about where they come from, then they would have had an opportunity to return. Come on, look at the Israelites with the mixed multitude. Those mixed multitude start complaining and grumbling about the stuff they had in Egypt. Then they got the Israelites started. They start thinking about the world instead of thinking about God bought me out. 
I'm out of bondage. I may not have the fish like I want. I may not have the chicken or the meat like I want, but I'm free. Praise the Lord. I'm free. No longer bound. I'm free. So when we think about how free we are, what are we free from? We're free from sin. Is sin going to attack us? Of course it is. So they couldn't be thinking about where they come from. They had to think about who they are now that they are in Christ. This is how you can keep moving forward when you're thinking on things above and not things on this earth. Lot's wife, what did she do? In Genesis 19, they told them, do not look back. Lot's wife looked back. And Sodom and Gomorrah, why? Because she probably remembered the good times and what she left behind. So we can't be looking back. We got to move forward. We got to press forward to the mark of the high calling, which is in who? Not in you. It is in Christ Jesus. Then the next thing is, y'all, I tell you, I just love the word of God because God will take that one verse. I'm just using that one right now, and I'm not going no further because we're going to keep it moving. The reason why we're going to keep it moving, because I want some disciples. I don't want converts. I want disciples in Miracle Temple to know that you are a true disciple of God. And if you're doing what Jesus is doing, you don't have to look to me, but look to him. I don't want nobody looking to me. That's not what I teach. I teach you all the time. Don't hold on to me. Hold on to Jesus. And if I'm teaching you, you need to go to him first before you call me. And then if you feel like I still need somebody to touch and agree with me, I will do it. But don't call me and expect me to give you a word. You got to come with the word. Because once you grow up in Christ, you shouldn't be holding on to nobody but Jesus. Come on, let's get it right. Let me say it again. It's okay to call people that you know you can trust. Ain't too many you can. I'm going to be honest. Because everybody have their issues and they want to talk to somebody. Oh, Jesus. So we see that Jesus was giving them Sending them out. He was testing them. He was trying them. But one thing that Jesus did. Oh, y'all, I love this right here. Y'all ready for this one? Oh, I love this. Let me go back to where I was. Go back to Mark, the sixth chapter. I want y'all to check this out. God is so good. Sixth chapter. Now, let's look at verse eight. Oh, I love verse eight. Listen at this, y'all. I want y'all to catch this in verse eight. Jesus said this. He gave them power, right? And commanded them, listen at this, that they should take nothing. Somebody say nothing. Nothing. Somebody say nothing. Nothing. Say it again. For their journey. Now check this. What in the world is going on? That don't make no sense. You sending me out here and you telling me to take nothing. Check this. Save a staff. You know what he was saying? He said, only take a walking stick. Did y'all hear that? Take nothing for your journey except a walking stick. No bread. That means food, doesn't it? Don't you think you're going to get hungry on your journey? Come on, give me a snack. No wallet. 
for a collection bag. No money in their belts, girdles, or purses. No mean no. Did y'all hear what Jesus commanded them? The churches are told up. Because they got bags already. They're ready to collect, so they're scheming. Using lines. To tell you, this is a $500 line. If you want to be healed, get in this line. Jesus said, take nothing for your journey. Come on, don't latch hold of these, these wallets and expect to get them full. Come on, I went to a church, and when it was back there counting the money, they count the money, the pastor got him a little bit, and then said, Cause we got to go again. Then this lady told me she went to preach to a church, big church. They was taking up a love offering, and they took up a lot of uh, love offering for her. She saw the money in the basket. She didn't know how much it was, but she knew it was a lot. After service, the man said, I put $1,500 in there for you. Did you see it yet? She said, no, not yet. I haven't even checked the money. Went home, opened the envelope. She had $20. Thieves and robbers. In church. He said, take no bread, no wallet for collection bag, no money in their belts or girdles. You know why he told them that? Because, let me finish, but to go with sandals on their feet and not to put on two tonics undergarments. The reason he said this, he said, remember, it ain't about you. I'm going to take care of you on this journey. Don't get no notion of I need a bigger pocketbook to get more money. Don't get no notion I got to take all these snacks because I might not get fed. Don't get no notion that I got to go out here and let them see I have all of this. He said, it ain't about you. So I want you to go on my command, trust in me more than you trust in yourself. Come on, y'all. This is why he, he told them about, what was it? Matthew, the sixth chapter. Don't worry about what you eat, what you drink, or how you shall be clothed. He said, don't worry about all those things. That's what the Gentiles do. That's what non-believers do. Your father knows what you're in the need of even before you ask. He said, the only thing I want you to do on your journey is seek ye first the kingdom of God and my way of doing things, my way of being right, and all of these things that you need. It's going to be added to you. He said, you don't have to worry about coming up with these gimmicks. You don't have to worry about doing what everybody else do. I'm going to take care of you. Let go of everybody else and go. Just go. Just go. Me and my husband been going for 22 years. Not asking for a handout. If they ask for anything, they just tell you about our birthdays or what's going on in our lives and give you an opportunity to give. Nobody know what you're giving and people mad at that. Praise God. Ain't asking for no money, no certain amount. Just give from your heart. We ain't asking for big amounts of money and people still mad. You don't think I know? Man, why they got to ask for birthdays and Mother's Day and Father's Day and Christmas and 
Then they go to church anniversary. And then they go to their anniversary. All of this stuff. God didn't do all this. But if people want to love you from the heart, let them love you. I bet you if your husband didn't give you nothing. You cut you off. Or the wife didn't give you nothing. Oh, oh, ain't your husband no more, huh? You forgot what day it is. Celebrations is for God, not us. It's celebrating what God is doing. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. Because it's not about us. It's all about him. Everything we do, we're supposed to celebrate him because if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have what we have. So we see Jesus said, take nothing for your journey. See, if God is going to send you somewhere, when people ask me to come in and uh, preach or whatever, they say, how much, how much do we give you? I say, I'm going to be honest with you. You couldn't give me enough for what God has in me. So just give. I don't set an amount. I don't do it. Bury somebody, don't set them out. Marry somebody, don't set them out. I don't do that kind of stuff. Because I feel like if you want to give, you will give. Counsel somebody, don't set them out. Have classes, don't set them out. Go in a church and they're teaching you five days a week or two days a week. They want their money. We don't do that here. But people say we have the money. Ignorant gone to see. Don't even ask for the money. And if you say we did, you lied. Ooh, go Jesus. Go Jesus. Go Jesus. Go. Go Jesus. Go. Mm-hmm. He know all things. So he told him, I want you to go. Take nothing for your journey. See, a true disciple is going to take commandments from God and not commands from man. And whatever God tell them to do, they will do it. I remember my granddaddy, I heard the story about they had given granddaddy a big, what was it, daddy, a tub of money? He gave it back. Gave the money back. But I remember a story that the Lord told granddaddy to walk somewhere up there in Wallace, just walk the street of Wallace. That's all he wanted him to do. He walked the street of Wallace. People was coming up to him, handing him money. He didn't ask for it. He did what God told him to do. He took nothing on his journey. Oh, y'all, come on, somebody. If we're going to make disciples, I want some real disciples. I want the ones that's dependent on God outside of what they see. Y'all, I'm telling you, it's so good. It's so good. I'm just asking the Holy Spirit. Do Okay, okay, Holy Spirit, it's more of this. It's more of this. Y'all, when you get this first part, When I go into the next part, you're going to ask yourself, am I truly a disciple? Do I need to be teached all over again? Because a disciple do not hold grudges. They let them go. A disciple, if they have aught against anyone, a brother or sister... That disciple do what Jesus told him to do. Go to that brother or sister. Don't even come to that altar. Leave your gift at the altar. Get with that person. 
You cannot come to church and teach somebody and hold an ought in your heart. That's a hypocrite. You cannot come to church and teach somebody and talk about somebody behind the pulpit, but you ain't went to that person. That's not a good disciple. A good disciple is going to do what Jesus say do. He's not going to leave nothing. Unto, how are they doing it? Because they're in the word. Because when they get into self, they say, wait a minute, Holy Spirit, I'm in the self right now. I want to knock somebody out. Holy Spirit, I'm just telling you honest God truth. I want to knock them out. I want to knock them down. I, Lord, you better come in now. <laughs> and you hear the spirit of the Lord say, I haven't left you. I'm here right now. And he'll tell you what you need to do. I am not going to ask that man to forgive me when I ain't done nothing. You asked him to forgive because I have forgiven you. So you go even though that flesh is cringing. You know why that flesh is cringing? Because pride is the head of it. You got to cut the head off. See, pride don't want to be made low. Pride don't want to go to nobody and say, you know what? Forgive me. I shouldn't have said what I said. But what I said was true, but it's how I said it. So forgive me of how I said it, but I need to tell you what God is. Sometimes we get aggravated. Sometimes we get frustrated. And even though we're telling the truth, it come out in a frustrating way. And nobody don't want to hear what you have to say. This is why you got to be so humble. Jesus was sending them out in a humble state. He was letting them know when you take nothing from your journey, you are being humble. Because when I send you into these houses, they're going to take care of you. And if they don't, let your peace come back. See, when you know what the word of God says and you trust God more than you trust in yourself, you ain't looking to man, you looking to him. Y'all, I'm a living witness, me and my husband. For 22 years, we've been looking to Jesus for everything that we have. When the bank account is low, hallelujah, I have more than enough to do what I need to do. When the children are cutting up, when we got stuff going on in our house, I look to him who is the author and finisher of my faith. I can't you look to you. I got to go to him first and foremost. I got to trust him with all my heart. Lean not to my own understanding, but acknowledge him in all my ways. And he told me, y'all, he will direct my steps. But if I'm not trusting in him and acknowledging him, how can he direct me when I'm trying to direct myself? I need this, so I'm going to go get another job. That means I'm missing church. I'm missing Bible study. I'm missing my wife and my children. Come on, somebody. How are you helping? Well, at least my bill's going to get paid. It still ain't going to be enough. Because the more you make, the more the wife's going to want it. I'm going to tell y'all a little situation. Right, honey? I don't take my husband's stuff like that, but I do do this. Jeremy know me. Jeremy know his mama. This is what I do. If we have something that we're selling or he has something he's selling, you got a wife. And he know that. We share what we have. It ain't his, it ain't mine, it's ours. It ain't his money, ain't my money, it's our money. So don't think you're going to sell it without me in it. Do not. Women, 
That's your husband. Everything he got is yours. You in it. He can't go nowhere without you, even though you're home. Come on. See, we got marriage mixed up. We got she money and he money. He don't know about she money. She don't know about he money. But then you got a Jezebel that know about she and he money and you better not touch neither one, Ahab. <laughs> Just go make me some more she and he money and bring it to this house. Oh, I'm going to bring Ahab. I'm going to deliver you, Ahab. Because it ain't right. You got women looking at things instead of looking to Jesus and saying, Jesus got them, them things. But if your husband got to work like a dog to keep it, it ain't his. The blessings of the Lord makes you rich. And adds no sorrow to it. If you got to work like a dog to keep it, don't put God in it. Because he gives you rest. Women do not marry a man who's after money. What I mean is, we want a man that's already set up and established. If a man can't take care of his own house, why are you going up in a house that he can't even take care of? Then got to move back in mama house, daddy house, trying to take over that house. Won't happen, Captain. Oh, I'm still talking about disciples. Lord knows I'm still talking about disciples. We got some men behind the pulpit that don't even know how to treat their wives. Don't even know how to raise their children. Don't even know how to come home at night. We got women teaching behind the pulpit and don't even cook for their husband. Don't even clean the house. The husband at home cooking for them so when they come home, they sit down and prop up their feet and want their food. Let's get it right. I'm still talking about discipleship. We want to do it right. We don't want to say we love Jesus and we ain't loving our spouse. The way we need to love our spouse. That's out of order. And we got too many things out of order trying to please man. Quit loving your pastor more than you love Jesus. Quit loving your pastor the more you more than you love your well, my pastor treat me better than my spouse, but you still supposed to love your spouse. Cause if you love him, Jesus, how in the world are you missing your spouse? How are you missing your spouse? If you say you love Jesus, you supposed to love your enemy. And if he's your enemy, you supposed to love him. <laughs> Send it on down, Lord, send it on down. Lord, let the Holy Ghost come on down. He's already here. God is good, isn't he? God knows exactly what we need and when we need it and how we need it. And if you are offended, deal with it. Through the word of God, because I'm only giving you the truth. And the disciples supposed to continue in the truth. And the truth 
You knowing the truth is what make you free. So if you got offended today, you better get into the word and get over it because I know God didn't do nothing but teach you truth. You ain't offended with me, you offended with God. Because I'm only the messenger. Just like God told Moses, you better get down there with your people. He gave them people to Moses. That's why he said, get down there with your people. Your people down there cutting the food. Get them people in order. That's why God have a shepherd that's over the sheep to keep them in order through. You got to have a shepherd. You got to have somebody to keep you in order. Not to lord over you, but teach you the things of God. Why why people get mad? Because the flesh cutting up. Because they heard the truth and they're trying to justify what they did or didn't do. Get over you. Ain't about you. If you want to be a true disciple, get over you. Say, Lord, teach me. Show me where I am. Show me where I need to be in you. And I'm going to give you glory. I'm tired of being in rejection. I'm tired of being jealous. I'm tired of being angry. Come on, somebody. I'm tired of being offended. I'm tired of gossiping. I'm tired of lying. I'm tired of being a convert. I want to live the way you want me to live and be whom you want me to be. I'm tired of trying to please my spouse instead of trying to please you. I'm tired of trying to keep peace in the house but not telling truth. God has called me to root up and to tear down the strongholds off of his people. Once they rooted up, he said, now I want you to build and plant. You cannot build and plant before you root up. And that's why people don't like me. Because people don't want to hear what's there. And if you come in here, you're going to hear what's there. And it's up to you to deal with it, not for me to watch over you, for you to deal with it, but for you to deal with it. And if it's not dealt with, you can't be a leader. Because nobody want to follow somebody that don't want to deal with their own mess. Everybody in here got some junk in your trunk. I don't care how long you've been saved, you dealing with something. Deal with it before it deal with you. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. To God be all the glory. Amen, amen, amen. God is so good. If that didn't deliver you, something wrong. Deliverance is available. Hallelujah. Anyhow, do we have any visitors today? Wasn't that an inspiring message? Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.org. God bless you and we'll see you next time.